I am one of the 99. I'm not perfect, but basically I'm doing fine. I have not lost my way, and I've not gone astray. I'm just one of the 99, and I'm here in the heart of the fold. I'm not mindless, but I try to do like I'm told. I'm not tempted to run and become some lost one. I'm just here in the heart of the fold. So why is my shepherd coming this way towards me? He's holding his arms out and he's calling my name. Yes, he's calling my name. But how, how can this be? You see, I'm just one of the 99. I have stumbled and fallen, but I've kept in line. I'm not one he must seek. I don't think I'm unique. I'm just one of the 99. So why is my shepherd treating me like his lost lamb? He's searching to find me. And he's holding me now. Yes, he's holding me now. And he's teaching me who I am. Why am I feeling like I'm the only one here? It's, it's like I'm his favorite. And he takes me aside. And he sweetly confides these remarkable words in my ear. He says, you're one of the ninety and nine. Have you any idea how brightly you shine? You are safe in this fold, and it's time you were told that I know where you've been, so I know where you'll be. Cause all of your life, you've been following me. You are more than just one of those sands of the sea, or just one of the ninety and nine. Oh no, you are mine. You are mine, yes, you are mine, guess I'm one of the ninety and nine. Okay. We'll start with an opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My son, my child, you are with me always, and all I have is yours. Dearest Lord, thank you very much for searching and calling me to be here tonight. Thank you for inviting me to join my fellow friends here to come together as one community, to be in your presence and love. As you seek us out from the hustle and bustle of our daily lives, help us tonight to search for you and your promise of love through the words spoken, sung, heard, 
and written to us through the passages. With this, I give glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Right, so hi again, everyone. Uh, my name is Paula, as Letty had um, mentioned just now. So, um, yep, I'm a friend and one of the sheep of the community, and just like all of you here. So to start off, uh, for those of you who had been, who had been here last week, um, following from Sandra's introduction of her friend, the forgetful Jesus we heard last week, we heard of how he is the kind of person who generously forgives people's wrongdoings. He also does not keep tabs. Sorry. He also does not keep tabs, nor harbor resentment, regardless of how much they hurt him. Tonight, I will continue to share more about another unique part of this character. We heard of how Peter, a close friend and follower of Christ, despite repeatedly betraying and hurting Jesus, was entrusted the role to lead his church. Those of us who have experienced that feeling before will recognize that it hurts most when the person who betrayed us is someone closest to us. In most situations, we struggle to do the Christian thing, which is to make peace, forgive, and forget. Often, most of us feel guilty for not being Christ-like enough. Then we get stuck in a kind of a existential tension between love and hate because we can't reconcile both. The forgetting bit of forgive and forget doesn't happen overnight. It is a process that takes multiple efforts in our lifetime to be resolute in transforming that memory of our past hurts into a more hopeful future, as we heard in the quote last week. And this is just as Jesus demonstrated to us during his life here on earth. Tonight, we'll get a chance again to find out from this friend, Jesus, whose logic of love is not of the world's, but one where the love from God, his father, also our father, help him and can help us now overcome our human tendencies here on earth. I think most of you will know by now we will be praying with the parables in Luke 15 tonight. Jesus tells the stories of how a shepherd left 99 sheep just to search for that one lost sheep. And the one about the woman who searched high and low for her lost coin and rejoiced with her neighbors and friends after she found it. Finally, he talked about the very popular prodigal son who decided to return home after squandering his father's fortune. All these were told in response to the Pharisees and scribes who made a fuss about him mixing with sinners and tax collectors. So when I was praying, I really struggled initially to understand what Jesus was trying to tell me from these very familiar parables. I told God, yeah, I get it. I get the assurance that you will always be there for those who are lost and for those who sin and make the effort to repent, we will be ensured that you welcome us. But somehow, 
I didn't feel I didn't feel at ease with my press in relation to my life situation right now. As uh, some of us may know, today marks the last day of uh, Singapore's uh, phase two heightened alert, meaning it's Freedom Day tomorrow. Well, not really, but we know what it means. Some rules will be relaxed, and some of us may be eagerly looking forward to Singapore's uh, transition into the new COVID-19 resilient norm. On the one hand, ailing businesses that have many livelihoods depending on them are given some hope for recovery. On the other, the many differentiated approaches designed to protect as many people as possible have been perceived by others to be risky and even divisive, such as those who are not eligible to be vaccinated for genuine life and health reasons. No matter how many times I pray the passage of the prodigal son, my subconscious resentment and self-righteousness tends to resonate with the older son's words when he says this, all these years I have slaved for you and, you and never once disobeyed any orders of yours. Yet, you never offered me so much as a kid for me to celebrate with my friends. Well, sounds quite familiar to COVID fatigue friends, right? Who decided to give up on any safe management measures uh, after the recent outbreak. But as I examine my thoughts and emotions deeper towards my reaction, I realized that I felt much like the 99 sheep we heard in the song, who thought that they lost the attention of their shepherd, saying, I'm not mindless, but I try to do as I'm told. Yeah, I try to be as Christ-like as possible, but I'm only human. I have stumbled and fallen, but I've kept in line. Yeah, I stray sometimes, but I still pray. I still attend Mass. I have not lost my way. I have not gone astray. Or have I? That was what was in my mind. It's a constipated feeling because most times, most of us here have not strayed as far as some of the sinners featured in many of the Bible stories. Yet, we still struggle to make sense of our Christian lives on most days. And here is where this is so beautiful, where prayers are so important because we can constantly get a fresh update, you know, like most systems these days, we need an update from God on what's really happening around us in this crazy world. When we communicate with him often, we get to know ourselves more through him. And by fostering this close relationship with this friend, whose amazing logic of love is not of the world's, we get clarifications from him on new perspectives that help us transform our view of the world. When Jesus told the parables in front of the disciples, these Pharisees, scribes, sinners, and tax collectors, all those people in front of him, I was wondering, Ah, what went through all their minds? So, who is the lost sheep? Who is the lost coin? And who is the lost son among them? Who are the 99 sheep? Who are the nine coins? 
and who is the older son amongst them. In telling them these parables, Jesus was not giving a lecture on what is right or wrong or who is more important than the other. In Matthew 9, 12 to 13, he told the critics this, it is not the healthy who needs the doctor, but the sick. Go and learn the meaning of the words. Mercy is what pleases me, not sacrifice. And indeed, I came to call not the upright, but sinners. And precisely, who are the ones that are really sick here in this parable? The Pharisees obviously think that the tax collector are the lost sheep, right? Straying from the perfect 99 righteous ones. Whereas the sinners who have some spiritual awareness and humility to know the state of their sins face this predicament of having Jesus being seen associated with them. Yet, Jesus is saying, the heavens will rejoice for this one sinner who repents than the 99 who fail to recognize that they are just as lost in this world of human-defined righteousness. Similarly, the older son failed to recognize his privilege in his identity as a beloved son of God, but instead focused wasted emotions and intentions on the value of physical sacrifices and rewards that the world tends to promote. When the father tells him, my son or my child, you are with me always and all I have is yours. What he's really saying is that the older son already has all the love and riches in the world because he is with God and God is love. So to attempt to describe Christian love, it's both complicated and limiting in words for me. But I found that uh, St. John in first letter of John 4 sums it up best when he says this. My dear friends, let us love one another since love is from God and everyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever fails to love does not know God because God is love. Together with the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus is the embodiment of God's love for us. To know God, is to know what real love is. To embrace this unconditional love that the world had never been able to replicate for us. We are called to love others according to his logic of love. To undergo the processes of both joys and pains to love another being allows one to appreciate how God had been so patient, merciful and loving towards us. When he asked us to rejoice with him because he had found his lost sheep, he was not saying that this lost sheep was any more important or special than the other 99. Rather, this lost sheep, which we had once been at some point of our lives, enabled the flock to be complete. Just like how the worth of one coin and nine coins on their own, is not equivalent to 
10 coins. It takes all 10 coins to come together to make up its complete value. This is why we are specially caught here tonight where Jesus is searching for us to gather his whole complete flock that all of us here with our unique individual needs, our situations and characters are equally loved and embraced by him. So as we take the time and presence to be found by his words in the Bible passages later, let's try to keep this open mind to allow his logic of love to embrace us as we rejoice with him because he had found his lost sheep. So just a week or two ago, I was having a conversation with one of my patients. He is an American Italian in his 60s, living here for more than 20 years. He lamented on how the political state of his country was going downhill. And I'm sure most of us are also aware of the whole situation in Afghan right now. He shared that he had lost many friends and loved ones just because they differed in their political views. He was genuinely upset. And I thought it was a very sad situation because I found this gentleman to be really, really nice, whose attitude towards life is very positive despite being plagued by many health obstacles. And everyone in the center loved him because he's always so cheerful. Yet, a simple difference in ideology or beliefs, whether religious or political, can drive this wedge between people. Our current societies, everywhere in the world, appear to be becoming more divided too. Namely because of the limitation of our human intelligence, where the logic quantifies love as a statistic. Yet, we know from scriptures and our prayers that to seal these gaps and unite everyone, especially in these weird times, we need a love that is beyond a number. A love like the person of Jesus. One that rejoices in heaven, even if it's only one person who repents, regardless of whether it is the tax collector, who's the sinner, or a woken Pharisee. In the end, what pleases my friend Jesus most is that everyone whom he considers his sheep can come home together as one flock. So, as we take this time later to pray with the passages, let us open our hearts and minds, really, to allow Jesus to offer us his logic and perspective of life and love. If we are struggling in our life situations now and feel so lost and alone, like the lost sheep or the prodigal son. Let's humble ourselves to seek forgiveness and take heart that Jesus will definitely seek us out and rejoice when we repent. However, if we somehow feel that we are not too lost at this moment, like one of the 99 sheep or the older son, let us not be complacent or feel ignored but remember how he first loved and seek us out. Let us ask him for the strength and courage to love like he did and help him illuminate the dark night so that the many sheep that are lost out there now can be quickly found and be reunited with us. So we'll break off for a 20-minute silent prayer and I'll be flashing, I'll be uh, sharing a screen of the passages online. Uh, so do stay around and 
and we'll come back again for a uh, communitarian prayer.